Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. Julie, welcome uh, back to the podcast. I know you took yes. the day off because you'd overscheduled yourself with Zooms. Indeed. And uh, happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday. And uh, we still don't know who the president is. I know. Well, you know, might as well drag that out too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, just a mental note, we don't know who the president is and things seem to be working out just fine in the world. Yeah, seems to be all right. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were talking yesterday, um, and Julie, this was something that I got started for us. We were talking about, in, in essence, uh, how to have next year be your best year ever. And I was going through a list of all the points of, you know, just the things that were really on top of my mind after a long couple of weeks of coaching calls where people were expressing their excitement and certainty about um, what was going to happen next year. So the podcast today is New Year, New You, right? 12-step plan, how to 100x what matters most uh, to you in your life. And that is really what today's show, and probably maybe we'll talk a little bit about this on Sunday and on Monday as well. So it's really important to remember that the more, and yesterday we talked about this, and I won't go back and and review all these points, but yesterday the first point was, is do a complete mental and emotional cleanse. And I gave you guys five or six very drilled down points, things you should take into consideration um, when asking yourself if, you know, are you having your best year ever? Okay, how do you continue that? Are you not having a great year? Do you feel like you're struggling too much? Do you feel like the winds are no longer at your back? Well, you might want to review those six points from yesterday because it really does start with essentially doing a mental and emotional cleanse. Now, the second point that I wrote down, and Julie's going to, this is Julie's favorite topic or one of her favorite topics because, you know, it's an obvious easy thing to fix, but it's such a problem if you leave this uh, as a unfixed problem, frankly. And so point number two was do a complete cleanse of your physical environment. Yes, you don't con- if you don't consciously see the clutter and disorganization, your subconscious mind does. So maybe this is the year to upgrade everything. We'll talk about this as maybe two different points. Let's talk sure. about the cleanse first, right? So what makes up your physical environment? You've got your house, you've got your car, you've got your office, home office, Zoom room, whatever you want to call this, okay? So you've got several different areas to look at. This, so this goes back to the overriding uh, point that in life, there's not really very many things you can control. What can, can you can truly control? You can control your environment, you can control your health, you can control your finances. Is there really anything beyond those three things that you can really truly control? Not really. Those are the three things that with your effort will equal your results. And so your environment, we always start, well, you guys heard the old, you know, your grandma told you to make your bed in the morning, mm-hmm. right? And the reason is, is because, uh, is that is a, an effort or a shot at making it so that at least the environment that's immediately around you is orderly. And when your subconscious mind is, uh, you know, surrounded by order and cleanliness, it's going to allow you to feel less stressed. It's going to allow you to feel, in a way, a lot freer to think new thoughts and to basically be more courageous as you start setting expectations for yourself for the new year. Yes, that's exactly right. So, you know, we have a lot of fun with this in Premier Coaching, Tim, where we have before and after pictures of 
My favorite ones are always, of course, the home office, followed mm-hmm. closely by the car situation. Because, well, you you, you got to do more specific, yeah, right? Okay. She, she, we have coaching clients send us pictures of their offices. And, of, and sometimes it's a competition for really, frankly, whose office is the worst. That's really what it always comes down. Scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't actually have to keep your files from like, you know, 1983. Mm -mm. Okay. I know everybody tries to convince you you've got to keep everything all the time. And I I would say most people that are like maybe 40 and, and older are worse on the paper collection. But the, you know, the goat trails through your office and the avalanches of files, that's got to go. And usually the catalyst for this is something we teach in coaching, which is. The visual accountability and whiteboards, you've got to have some place to put those. Many of you are operating off of two computer screens. You've had to have more going on in your home office during quarantine, et cetera. So do yourself a favor. And before it's January, right now, do your own before and after pictures. I, <laughs> I should probably do a challenge. I know you I'm going to do one in Premiere. Oh, yeah. You know, so this is a great time to do it because this really is the ramp up into next year and how you go about this quarter it's almost like next year has five quarters and this is your runway. That's right. That's a good way of thinking of it. So in our book, Harris Rules, and of course in our coaching, we give you an exact layout of exactly how your office should uh, work. And we are big into visualization. Most salespeople are uh, visual people. And so most people in general are. So we want you to have dry erase boards. We want you to organize your office so that there's virtually nothing in it. And it is a sort of a purified working space. And when you walk in the office, ideally, there's a stand-up desk. Like Julie and I are literally standing at my stand-up desk right now as we're doing the podcast. And in our office, we don't obviously, we don't sell real estate. But other than the sound, the acoustical panels all over our little podcasting studio here, guess what? We also have dry erase boards. We keep ourselves organized professionally in our coaching business, even though we have thousands of students and this is a large business. We do it from a top level. Our KPIs, our key performance indicators, yeah, of course we have those and those are coming off uh, you know, computer monitors. But the things that matter most to us every single day, when we're actually keeping track of the most important numbers, we always do that with dry erase boards because you don't have to basically look for the information as they're staring at you. And there's nothing more powerful. Like I'll give you guys a quick coaching story. I had a coaching client that came to us. I don't even know when. It was ages ago. And she had a very uh, successful business. She was selling something like 50 or 75 houses per year. And she'd be doing it year in, year out like clockwork. Just really, you know, that's a great business. But the uh, problem was is that she wanted to sell more. And she wanted to sell more for the right reasons. Not so she could win awards and simply say, I I sold more. But because she actually wanted to earn more money so that she could essentially, you know, do more with life. All the good things that come from having more money, right? I shouldn't have to explain any of that to you guys. So um, she wanted to sell an additional 25 houses per year. And now I do remember the number. She'd been very consistent at 75. So what, one of the first things I did in a coaching session with her is after I saw, she sent me some pictures of her office. And it was, as Julie described, goat paths everywhere, old awards, piles of crap, just things that her conscious mind didn't even see anymore. Books that she probably never even read, something like 95% of all books never even get opened after you buy them. You know, you just buy them and make you feel good, make yourself feel good, you know? Yeah, the fire marshal would have been very upset with that. Exactly. Her. Well, I mean, working in this environment was horrible. So obviously it was dumpster time and she cleaned out um, her office. And then what I had her do is put some dry erase boards on the wall. This is where this concept originally came from that we write about it in the book. And then on the dry erase board, I had her write a word and the word is listings at the top of one of the dry erase boards. Then I had her write out one through 75. Or no, no. I had her on listings on the listings board. I had her write out one through 25. So, and I'll explain that in a second. And then on the closings board, that's where we wrote out one through a hundred. 
And so on the closings board, it was one through 100. On the listings, it was one through um, 25. May not have been 25, but, but you guys get the concept here. So the idea was when she walked into her office, the dry erase boards were immediately, no matter how you know, how great of a day she thinks she had, the reality of the fact that she, according to her real estate treasure map and her business plan, that she was supposed to have 25 listings at all times. If she only had 12 or 2 or 10 or 24, her dry erase board was there to remind her that she's not working to her plan. And then on the listing side, of the, or on the closings board, same thing. And what we'd do is we'd basically, after every month passed, we would take a real hard look at um, where the business came from. She kept track along the way, but I'm kind of meandering into a different topic now. But the reality of it was the dry erase boards on the closing side of it. She had the address of the property she sold. She had the source of the original source of the business and the amount of commission that she made. And we were paying attention to that because we wanted to increase her net. Maybe that remember that was her original, um, you know, that was one of her original goals. And so by doing that, we were having daily, monthly accountability. And guess what? She exceeded her expectations. But just the visualization of when she walked into her office and when she saw the fact that she was supposed to have 25 listings at all times or whatever it was, and she saw that she was short of that, that immediately told her she needed to get back to work. Whereas if it had been buried in a computer someplace or let alone a business plan that she never looks at, then it would have had no power. That is the power of visualization. Now, um, as far as knowing what your magic number of listings to have at all times, we've made that simple for you. It's called the real estate treasure map. All you've got to do is fill it out, and this is the perfect time of year to do it. So here's what I want you to do immediately. Text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. And when you do, we're going to text you back um, a link. With that link, you have to say, yes, you want the access to the free coaching program. And then you're going to have access to the free coaching program. You activate your membership. And this whole thing takes like maybe, I don't know, 15 seconds. And then you have free access to at least, it's like seven or eight different books and guides along with the free daily semi-private coaching call. On the uh, In the product, in the actual coaching program that you're going to log into, the real estate treasure map is what you need to complete right away. It is a fill-in-the-blank, long-form, drilled-down business uh, personal life uh, plan. And this is something that if you've never done something that's comprehensive like what this is, at the end of it, you're going to feel a little exhausted and a lot relieved. That really is how you'll feel because you'll, for the first time probably ever in your life, have a very clear, succinct plan of what you need to be doing every single day to move yourself towards the goal. And remember guys, you know, if you want ever increasing levels of success, you have to learn to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do at the highest level every single day consistently. So you got to start with actually creating a real honest to God business and life plan. So text the word survival to 31996. Does this make sense, Julie? It does. And you know, the real estate treasure map is temporarily stressful for some because they have to be introspective. They have to do their real finances. They have to do their real goals. But at the end of the treasure map, everyone has the same reaction. Oh, now I understand. They feel relieved. They feel relieved. In control. Exactly where I'm headed. Yes, it gives you control because how many of you right now are out in the real estate wilds feeling like everything's out of control all the time and you don't know what direction to go. Isn't that how basically in yesterday's point was a real drill down on going media free in essence? Isn't that the essence of uh, what media wants you to feel? Isn't that the essence of basically how it seems like everything literally wants you to feel fearful and out of control? Because it does. Because if you feel fearful and out of control, then you're never going to be uh, independent. You're always going to be dependent, which means you're never going to basically, you're you, frankly, you're never going to be rich. No, you can be told what to do, what to buy, you know, 
it's all over the place. So right. you this mind- is a great way to get back in control. Yeah, and we're doing, Julie and I are doing a series of articles on, just to, for example, if you're feeling out of control and if you're feeling hapless and hopeless, you're going to be more inclined to not pay so much attention to what you're paying in taxes, for example. Mm-hmm. And I've been reading, and Julie and I predicted this probably back in March, April, May, that as all these cities and states had these massive shortfalls of taxes, that they were going to be very, you know, draconian and going about raising money. And of course, they were going to go after property taxes. And of course, they are. Now, I've been finding some articles, um, one in particular that's coming out of New Jersey, New York, that the, the uh, you know, the city officials there, if you want to call them that, they're now making it so that even if you're a remote worker, no longer a resident of New York, you work in God knows where, Pennsylvania or wherever, but you're working for a company remotely in Manhattan, that if I read this article right and I sent it to Julia to go through it, because I think I did, I read two articles like this, I couldn't believe it. They're going to try to make it so that you have to pay taxes in that state, even if you're a remote worker for that company and don't live there anymore. That is insanity. I mean, think about think about if they actually make that happen, what that's going to cause people to do, how they're going to. Well, I'll tell you what they'll do. They'll basically all incorporate and you know, the companies will have to hire them as independent contractors and they'll hire the company, and not the individual. I mean, there's always going to be workarounds. But what they're really going to do is run people out. People that otherwise would have stayed in those particular areas forever are just going to have enough because they're not going to be able to afford to live there anymore. So really, when you have, when you're unconscious and because you're so full of fear and you're looking for something external to protect you, you're going to be susceptible to basically giving up your liberty. You're going to be susceptible to giving up your freedom. This is not a political message. This is a message, like all of ours messages are, about helping you guys to help others and make money. At the end of all your toils, at the end of all your days, if you haven't basically been able to accumulate, you know, hopefully it doesn't take you that long if you follow our plans, enough money so that you're rich where your money works for you, you no longer work for your money. Because you unconsciously gave up all that money where you consciously could have made a different decision had you been more confident in your ability to essentially determine your own destiny, opposed to being so reliant on third parties, which, by the way, is a nice spin to talk about lead generation, proactive versus passive. But guys, that's what being a true entrepreneur is all about. It's about setting your own course and then having a plan to get you there. So actually, that tees us up for the next point absolutely perfectly. So last point was do a cleanse of your physical environment. Point number three, create a true Business and life plan. I don't think we can talk any more about mm-hmm. that than we already did. Yep. So here are the three. Here are the four points. Real estate treasure map. Uh, just text the word survival to three one nine nine six. And obviously within the t- uh, treasure map, you're going to learn your real estate magic number. That's the number of listings you need at all times to meet or exceed your financial expectations and responsibilities. Uh, work on doing more than this is a good point. Uh, work on doing uh, no more than three to five things every day at the highest level. Um, and I'm going to give, and I want to vamp a little bit on that last point, Julie, because that's a yeah. very fascinating one. Yep. So these are all, this is all under point three. So work on doing no more than three to five things at the highest level every day. And I'll tell you what those three to five things are. Um, sometimes Julie and I don't agree on point number three, but I think we're on the same page, right? Lead follow-up versus pre-qualifying, kind of the same thing. Yeah. You I have mean, to... you can't pre-qualify if you didn't do the exactly. follow-up that's, on lead. We're right. just saying the same thing, different words. Yeah. I know. But it was, it's fun when we can find things we don't always agree yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the first one is proactive lead generation. Then it's uh, you know pre-qualifying, or as you know Julie says, it's part of pre-qualifying obviously is doing your you know furiously fast lead follow-up. Mm-hmm. And then the third point is presenting. If you just do those three things really well, 
and you suck at everything else in real estate, you'll just be right as rain. Because if you're, pro, and, and this is how most of our top coaching clients, this is what they evolve into because it is, creates the most leverage and the most profit. If you learn to proactively lead generate and you get to the point where you're consistently setting five listing appointments a, uh, a week, right? One a day, that should be your minimum standard. When you go to work, if you pretend you're a coal miner, you have to go down in the coal mine with your, you know, your hat with the light on it and your your pick and your, your, your axe canary. and your canary and your bucket and your whatever you're, right? You're going down the coal mine. You can't come up until you you filled up, you know, that bucket of coal, right? You With coal or gold or whatever. You, you should switch it to gold mine, actually. Gold mining is a lot better. Yeah, yeah. it's a less, and you don't need a canary it's less then. less icky. Yeah. I wonder if they took canaries down gold mines. What do you think? I'd imagine it's the same situation, different thing you're pulling out. Hmm. Yeah, but those little birds, they probably stole gold though, wouldn't they? Shiny thing. This is a good, put it in your beak. This is a good Sunday trail. To yes, follow. exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, but anyway, so you guys get the concept here. But but your point in using the minor analogy, okay, is that that was every day daily consistency with a specific goal. Whether that's your pail of gold or pail of coal, you can't come up until you've done your job, right? right. It's all how you think about it, you know. And we we do play a lot of mindset games with our premier coaching clients with this. First, you got to get the skills. So you got to be really, you know, using real proven scripts. Then you got to have the discipline to make yourself do it. But you also, once you're at that point and you've kind of inter- memorized, internalized, and, you know, made it your own kind of script, that's when the fun really begins, right? Because then, then we play the game of, okay, so you've got, let's say, two hours set aside to be on the phone every morning. How quickly can you set? a pre-qualified, yeah. you know, motivated appointment. You well, don't, there's nothing saying you have to make 200 contacts. No. It might be number three. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. So when you and I, when Julie and I would prospect together, because um, we got to the point where, you know, God, guys, prospecting every day, God with the lowercase g, is oh. really, really boring. It, it is. is boring. It is just onerous. It's egregious. Doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. Hey, you'll never want to do it. Don't no, kid yourself. No, we never wanted to do it. But, but you have to do it at the highest level. We had to get our bucket of coal every day. Yep. So one of the games that Julie and I would play is who can set the first, who can set a pre-qualified um, you know, listing appointment the fastest. And she would go to her, you know, corner of the house and I'd go to mine and we would start prospecting and we wouldn't worry about who's calling what and who, whatever, whatever. I mean, generally speaking, we like to work expireds, you know, expireds in our opinion, or I mean, Fizbo's and expireds both have their, those are the easiest, lowest hanging fruit on the tree. There's obviously a lot of, you know, 20 different sources of proactive listing leads. You can, we teach you in the coaching program to go after, um, but expireds and Fizbo's are the easiest ones to go after because it's, a, once you learn the skill set and you are able to be effective at setting and taking listings from those two sources frankly the rest of the stuff we teach you is so easy and those two scripts are very similar so yep. once you learn one you've pretty much learned the other one yeah but we, we preferred expireds um because they're always expireds in every market you go the old expireds but what do you know about an expired that they uh, generally speaking you know what the price isn't because it expired and easy cma i used yeah. to love that yeah exactly and you know that they're willing to pay a commission and the third reason was because if they were a little bit maybe for the first agent not necessarily as easy to work with the market has now beaten them down to the point by rejecting their house at the previous price and condition and location mm-hmm. so they're going to much be much more manageable when it comes to actually getting the house sold uh, but you know it doesn't really matter at the end of the day what you want to pursue but we would uh, compete every single day for who would set the first pre-qualified listing appointment and julie made a really good point the goal is not the contacts the number of contacts having you know and i see agents make this mistake i made so many contacts well who so cares what? Yeah, exactly. 
that sounds awful, honestly. It does. You're focused on the wrong thing. Right. And I know that there are people, not us, that teach, you know, it's you have to make X number of contacts. It is true that you have to make some contact. This is a contact sport. You can't be a realtor hermit and expect to have your magic number. That's yeah. true. But if you get focused on contactitis, the number of contacts, and you celebrate, I talked to, you know, whatever your number of people is, but you didn't actually set any qualified appointments, it actually is diminishing returns because you start thinking either something's wrong with you, something's right. wrong with the script, something's wrong with the market, expires don't work. It, t- it takes about a week of that before you go down the wrong it's rabbit a, hole. It's the same reason that we, when asked, you know, should I make cold calls? No. Why would you make calls to people that aren't in the market to sell their house? Or should I knock on cold doors? No. Why would you knock on the doors of people that don't have their hands in their air when you're basically crossing the street to knock on a cold see, door? This is a and, good point. And, Some and, people cross- think that FISBO and, and expireds are cold. And not right. Not. FISBO and expired and the other sources of business we teach you are not cold. Those are people that are hot, obviously. They have their hands in their air saying they want to sell their house. So if you have, you know, there's no... The point being really the big overriding point that we're both trying to make in our own slightly deviating ways is there's no glory in contacts. No. Your goal is to set the appointment. And if they, you can make an arrangement with yourself, a deal with yourself, if you will, that you don't have to make another stinking contact or another stinking call provided you set one pre-qualified listing appointment. Now, don't cheat on what a pre-qualified listing appointment is. And here's what you'll do. And this is what happens all the time. If that's the arrangement, the mental agreement you have with yourself, you will be so effective on those initial contacts <laughs> that yeah. you will be, and you will be so much if, okay, I got to get through 200 contacts today or find 50 contacts today. You're just doing your time. You're just doing your time. You're going down to the coal mine. That's true, but you're not swinging your ax. Yep. You're not certainly doing the work and that's the not, so you're, do, remember guys, it's doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So you're doing what you don't want to do, but and you're doing it when you don't want to do it, which is, you know, for most people when it comes to prospecting is pretty much any time and that's called normal, do it anyway, but you're not doing it at the highest level. You see how our philosophies all are uh, congruent and because they are, because it's honed after having done approximately 14 trillion coaching calls and trying to get everyone's <laughs> minds to work in the same, yeah. you know, realize the realization that this business life in general is very simple to, you can make money and be successful in life. If you just basically purge your mind of any shortcuts and you're just willing to suck it up and do what you don't want to do in life. When you are willing to actually pay the price for your success, then there's no level of there's it's limitless what you can accomplish in your life but you have to be willing to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level now i'm going to share with you guys another interesting philosophy so i'm going to ask you know, i'm asking all you know thousands of you tens of thousands of you potentially i'm going to ask you a question do you think it's a good idea and this is all part of point number 3 right and the point number 3 was create a true business and uh, life per, uh, 12 month plan so the point number 4 that we wrote down is do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea to share your goals? Julie, let's play it both sides. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, let's say I did the treasure map. I've hashed out my goals. I'm really proud of it. I've really, um, you know, polished them up, and I've got maybe one, at least one really great goal in all the five areas of life the treasure map talks about. I want to tell the world, right? I mean, I want to share that with my best well, friend. L- let's, not fo- let's not focus on family or spiritual. Or let's just focus no, on the No, I'm just saying let's that... say I've got five goals, right? right. Whatever they may be. And I'm really serious about this. I'm going to make, mostly it's a financial goal, of course, for right. most people, all right? So I, why wouldn't I just share that with everyone and, and assume that they're going to be behind me and support me and, you know, really be part of the team? 
Yeah, so here's That's what most people think they're supposed to do. Right. Aren't you aren't we all taught that we're supposed to tell everyone about our goals? Aren't there, you know, social networking apps where you're supposed to brag about what your goals are? Isn't that just something that's sort of been institutionalized as a result of the mindset movement, your dream boards and share it with everybody and all the rest of it? Well, here's an interesting fact that the more the people that accomplish their goals almost always the people that don't share what their goals are with other people because there's and here's the reason why is if you decide that you're going to lose 20 pounds or 10 pounds or whatever your goal is financial goal whatever and you share that goal with other people they're going to give you the you know award recognition uh, for having accomplished the goal just for having set it and so psychologically you're going to start getting the payoff for having accomplished the goal even before you've commenced it other than stating that's what your goal is. And so what, you know, modern essentially psychological studies on high achievers in any walk of life, in any profession, sports and whatnot, what they've determined was those people do not share what their goals are with other people. They just keep them to themselves. They might share them with their spouse or, you know, very, very, maybe one or two people. But for the most part, they're not broadcasting it because just think about it. Think about what I just said. If you set the goal that you're going to lose, you know, 10 pounds the next 90 days, good luck over the holidays. Let's say that's what your goal is. And you tell a whole bunch of people, they're going to be very, very, what? For the most part, they're going to say, congratulations, that's fantastic. And you immediately start to feel what you should have reserved as the emotion of essentially accomplishing the goal for after you've had done it. But because you're getting that same feeling of adulation now and recognition now, you're not going to accomplish the goal. The, the, the emotion that you wanted, you got. With, you shortcutted basically the work. You didn't actually do the work, but you still got the benefit in terms of recognition from other people. I know it sounds convoluted, but when you think about it, it also is right. So another simple fact is don't share your goals. I have to sneeze. Bless you. <coughs> Cover the microphone. Yes. I did. Um, yeah, don't share your goals. It, it just opens up what Tim said, pre-celebratory and the ones that don't do that with you will be secretly resentful or critical of you right. or comparing themselves to you. You know, what if they can't or won't do the same goal as you? You just open up a whole can of worms that you don't want to deal with. Yeah, you basically, if you're like 20 pounds overweight, you say your goal is to lose 20 pounds the next 90 days. All your friends who are 30 pounds overweight are going to tell you they look forward to being, you know, as, sl- as slim as you are, as basically as less fat than they are. <laughs> you know? Or they'll they, say, oh, you don't need to do that. You look great. Exactly. You know? and, and then they want your goal. You guys see how this works? Isn't that sort it's of fascinating? Kind of destructive. It is destructive. So when you have goals, which you should have goals, complete your real estate treasure map, text the word survival to 31996, write them down. And remember, in, a, in the treasure map, it's a goal is a dream with an action plan. We're going to teach you not just to write down the goal, but then how to create the action plan. And that's incredibly important. Just writing down a bunch of arbitrary you know, goals gets you nothing, nowhere, in no time. You have to, you know, and don't have too many goals because then you won't, in short-term goals, 12-month goals, because otherwise it'll just be overwhelming. And the goals that you should be focused on are the ones we discussed in the treasure map. Make sure you don't essentially become lazy when you're writing it down. If your goal is to, you know, buy a new Ferrari next year, you need to create the action plan and how you're going to do it. It's not just save the money. It's not just the easy stuff. You have to drill it down even further. When you're doing the treasure map, you're going to complete your uh, the real estate magic number. And that's then going to help you determine how many listings you need at all times to meet or exceed your financial goals. 
That's financial goals and obligations. That's when you're going backwards and you're figuring out exactly how much money you have to earn every year to, again, have this dream life for yourself. And you can do it. You absolutely can. But it starts with you actually writing all your plans down, writing the goals down. What, is your, what are you thinking as I well, say Well, I was thinking that uh, one of the big points that the treasure map makes is that when you got your real estate license, your goal was not to just get by. I mean, I really don't think anybody, maybe to replace their job, job, I, I give you that. But it wasn't to just like, just pay the bills. So when we're talking about financial goal setting, we're not talking about just, that's where you start, of course. The interesting thing is that most agents will earn that. They've, yep. If they've survived their first 12 to 18 months, they have now figured out how to cover their basic personal overhead. Just. Just. Right. And that's why they get, quote, stuck at whatever that number of deals is. Right. And that's also why they start to believe, well, you know, it always works out. I always get that deal at the last minute or maybe I'll sell my own listing. It always just works out. Well, that's not the plan that we're talking about. In the treasure map, yes, you figure that out. What is your real goal, you know, financially? That's goal number one. But then you have to do all of your other goals, the ones that will actually move the needle in life for you. And the interesting thing is that that number is almost always exactly three times what it takes to keep the lights on. So if you had to do a deal a month, you have to do three deals a month, which means your magic number is probably five or six listings at all times spinning off that kind of business, right? So, it, but the, one of the things in the treasure map is how do you cross that bridge by making your, your goals that move the needle as important to you as paying your house payment or your cell phone bill? And it's a very specific thing. I won't go too deeply into it, but it's interesting for them to think of as they do the treasure map. The reason that you have figured it out, again, assuming you've survived this long, is because something bad immediately happens, right? You, you don't pay Verizon or whoever your cell phone bill is. How long do they wait before they shut you down? Oh, I see where you're going. Okay. This year's... That's called external accountability. Right. Somebody is going to mess with you if, you if you don't do that. If you don't put gas in your car, eventually you're going to be stuck on the side of the road, right? It's, it's quick retribution for screwing up, right? Or for not earning what it took. You don't go to the grocery store. Your kids starve. It's very simple to have external accountability. So internal accountability is I want to save six months of reserves. Okay, great. Why haven't you done it? because it's coming from within. And you would think that that would be powerful enough. But if that was true, everybody would have all their financial So what you're saying, what you're saying- That's the bridge you have to cross. Right, so where people go wrong is they don't move past their ability to earn, uh, to take care of their immediate needs. And the reason that they do earn for those immediate needs is because if they don't earn that money, they're going to lose what they already have. Exactly. Smack, yep. swift ret retribution, whatever, choose your bill, right? right? You don't pay your water bill. You can't go that long with that, right? So the bridge you have to cross after you do the work of figuring out the goals, which will move the needle for you and your family, whatever those things are, figuring out how much more you've got to earn to do that, which is probably three times the first number. You have to believe so hard in those things. You have to emotionally, mentally, physically, financially believe in that at the same level you do paying your cell phone bill and putting groceries on the table. But the it has to be that important. You've got to kind of create that external accountability or internal goals. Well, so notice when Julie's talking and when I'm talking and you listen to our podcast and you read our book and you're one of our coaching members, we don't spend a lot of time talking about, 
you know, stuff that's going to require long, angstful mindset, motivated, you know, you're not, we're not talking work in on the, this and work on that. With, this yeah. is, there's no woo woo in what we talk about. Okay. We're talking, giving you guys very practical, tactical things to actually do. We're telling you the exact drill down. We're removing all the sort of intentionally opaque, mystical Mickey Mouse that's out there when it comes to basically goal setting. And to Julie's point, think about what she just said. Do you not resonate with that in, you know, immediately because you see how truthful it is what she said? Well, this is the reason that we always take it back and talk about numbers too. So when you start, like you get past that immediate survival thing that she's describing, a lot of you guys level off after you've got 30 or 60 days worth of income security. And then you never move past that. You never save. You never really do anything, you know, beyond just immediate needs with your life. And then you come across us, you read our book, you get involved in coaching, you start thinking bigger. And then what? That's the reason we want you drawing it back to numbers. Because if your real estate magic number means you have to have five listings at all times to meet or you know exceed your urgent immediate financial goals, but if you decide you then want to have a new house or a new boat, maybe you need to have seven listings at all times, and that's how we go about doing it, and that's our approach to actually uh, uh, you know all of our coaching and all of our methodology. So listen, guys. Stay tuned, stay focused. If you need us for anything, let us know. And guys, listen, also, if you want to talk to me about joining our EXP family, we are always looking to add folks to our group. Um, EXP is, without a doubt, the best way forward when choosing a broker into 2021 and beyond. All you've got to do is text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.